I'm literally fumbling my yeah, way through this thing. Yes. You got to somehow take all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I, that's what I booked it under was Jeff and Nancy. <laughs> dude in background says. My name is Jeff Waterman. Yeah, you, you guys trying to steal my room? Oh, my man! God. And Donald said, "I'm gonna stomp you whenever I see you." <laughs> I was the like, content man. doesn't stop with just what we talked about here. Yeah, we're going tag <laughs> team five on five WWE. Somebody's <laughs> catching a power bomb tonight. Upstairs money don't make money. Already? What's up, boys? It's time to have another checkers or wreckers tonight. Day D, it's been a couple of crazy. Weeks for us. How you feeling right now? I feel pretty good. A little bit tired, but man, YOLO. You know what I'm saying? You look like you're dragging up a little bit tonight, dude. I got a little bit of monster. It'll, it'll keep me giving my second win. That's so it. We That's good. It. Quinn, I know you about tore your ankle in half today, oh, running man. across the bumpers of the four wheelers and trying to roundhouse kick a GoPro. How's yeah. that leg? Oh man, it's feeling good. You know, got a couple ibuprofen, some liquid courage. <laughs> Swelling's going down, <laughs> bro. When we get to the honky tonk in just a little while, and you're two stepping, you'll forget about that. Oh, ankle. I'm gonna tell you right now, you should see me trying to put on my boot. <laughs> Be I've like, got my mind ankle. made up. If it gets bad, it's getting cut off. Speaking of honky tonking and speaking of boots. We got a special guest tonight, the UFC legend. And even if you don't watch UFC or don't know what MMA is, you know this dude. Cowboy, Donald Cowboy Cerrone from the <laughs> UFC. So people that don't that don't watch fighting, Cowboy, you've got a uh, resume that surpasses any fighter to date as it pertains to UFC, right? Correct. Most fights in UFC history. Right. Most fights of the night in UFC history. Most wins. Most wins in UFC history. Most bonuses. <laughs> most pay bonuses. Most submissions, most head kicks. Pretty cool. Dude, when you break that down, all <laughs> no, that lets bad. me know <laughs> is this dude likes to fight and most, he's good at one significant strikes. Uh, significant cool. strikes? Yeah. That's just a sustained record right now. I've literally never even heard of these... Uh, Dustin's the one that told me oh, when we were yeah, headed out right to the here. ranch the other week. Yeah, I've heard of Donald. Scott, man, he's got all all the records. It's yep. just years of doing it, and when that's what happens when you're the old man. Yeah, that you've been the dog that's been around for a while, huh? Yeah. When you look back on that, because you've you've had so many fights and you do have all those accolades, like, do you consider like, dude, I have fought a lot of people and I have punched a lot of people <laughs> in their faces? <laughs> I love it. It just it like gets me up and. Gets me going, you know, but uh, it's like my favorite thing to do is fighting. Which is so crazy for most people because the fight or flight is like your human nature and most people are flight type people. So like a fight for you is just another day in the office. Yeah, so if I had to put it in layman's terms for you, somebody's nightmare is a dream come true for me. It's what makes you happy. Yeah, like if we were at the gas station Four gangbangers pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> People be locking the door, putting it in park. I'd be like, hell yes. Dude, you got to tell this story. I think I don't know if D heard it. So you fought a lot growing up, like when you were in high school, college age and stuff like that. And oh, you yeah. had a signature move. When, you, when your buddies knew it was go time for you? Yeah. Well, so I shouldn't say signature move, but we... We weren't always invited to parties, our group. Yeah. We were kind of the wild, crazy guys, so they would always have a party without us. Well, if we found out that the party was going on... That you was, was coming. Yeah, we'd usually just come, and then we'd steal the keg, and then we'd take the party back to our house. <laughs> but normally when you walk into a college party and you take their keg, and the women usually follow that, 
they get pretty upset. They don't take kindly to it. Yeah, so we just holler at my buddy Mikey and say, Mikey, go ahead and lock that front door. (laughs) (laughs) But they don't give you chills for a man to say, hey, go and lock that front door. Like he's not that worried, that much confidence. Y'all were probably most of the time outnumbered, right? Oh, every time. Every we we never have the numbers, but, but we that's have the, the crazy. I was about to say that's yeah. between fighters and frat boys, right? Yeah, <laughs> bro. And I would guarantee you, probably nine times out of ten, the flight instinct kicks in, and people are probably like, "Oh man, you you can just have that keg." Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. Well, no, when when the when I say, "Hey, Dustin, lock that front door," mm-hmm. yeah, he literally will walk over there, deadbolt the front door, and then stand in front of the door. So now the option. Of fight or flight is no longer. Yeah. It's just it's fine. Oh, it's clean house. Yeah, because when you make the activation in your mind that it's time to go, it's time to go. Yeah, people are climbing out windows trying. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> oh the, the, the the pandemonium that sets in. But it's just me and my group. That's just how we were mentally, right? Like we know. And I'm not. Don't get it twisted. Don't think that we would just walk in there and clean house. There's some big boys, and they'd thump us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You've taken some whoopings in oh, your life. Oh, yeah. we just keep coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you knock me down, cool. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to keep – you're going to have to kill me. Mm-hmm. So that happens a lot. Most of the time, like I said, we were outnumbered, and it just it was just a lot of fun. I, I love it. You know what's crazy is uh, the way you describe that? It kind of sounds like how in interviews I've heard you describe walking into the cage – and they lock that cage door, sure. and you know now, like like you you flip that switch, and in this go time, there's no back and back out. You can't pull out of that fight. It's time to fist fight somebody. But it reminds me a lot like correlations of what you would do. You know, like when you're lined up, and now you're four away, two away, lined up. The guys putting his hand mm-hmm. in your tail, and you're five seconds away. You look over and you see other kind. And you're like, we're getting this whole shot, no matter what we got to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like that, like. Wow, we like to refer in our profession as a relaxed intensity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like you have when to, you know it's that time. Yeah, you got to somehow take all that, and you got to like focus it down into a relaxed and know when to pull the trigger and when to go. Yeah, right. And it's a lot with the racing. I think that's why I love it so much because there's so much going on, but you can only worry about ten seconds in front of you, and that might even be too much. Yeah, right. So. Same thing with fighting, same thing with training, same thing with locking the doors and throwing down. I'm not I'm not already worried about the party we're having. I gotta worry about Bubba and his seventeen boys that are coming, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so that that's one thing that um and again, it's twenty twenty one now. Things are a lot different. This was bro, early two thousands, ninety seven, ninety eight, you know, like where the town I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado, we could just fight and someone might call the cops and the cops come up like yeah go home yeah right we'd fight at the bar so i used denver colorado is where i moved and we used to call 20th and market death row and that was like where the bars would let out and at two o'clock in the morning that's where the parking lots were and everyone would funnel 20th and market and that would be that's death row as we call it because you're getting in a fight (laughs) (laughs) and as you guys know if you're looking for trouble it's not very hard to find it right if you're going out already already searching for it it's just right there yeah that on your mind with that on your mind so one look at somebody crazy one comment it's game time so all all you needed was that reason that excuse to do one or the other exactly and then so when we started kickboxing and training we'd be going out and we're like all right tonight cowboy Left knee is all I could use. 
Y'all picked, y'all picked a move for a fight. Like, hey, we're going to go fist fight people tonight. And all you can do is left knees. That's the only punch you can throw, kick you can throw, or like right elbow. That's the only thing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't couldn't tackle him. Couldn't throw him down. Couldn't throw – like, you just got to throw a right elbow. Or, yeah, or you can be like, only, you can only left leg kick him. That's all you can do is kick him <laughs> with your left leg. Oh, God. You know what I mean? But it, it would just – it made – because – at the t- now you have no idea who training or how young right, such right. a different thing. When I did it, the only thing that you had was the guy in high school that said, "Oh, I'm a black belt, mm-hmm. and my cousin's a Golden Glove boxer." How many Golden Glove <laughs> yeah, boxers? Yeah, you know everybody I know was a Golden Glove or knew a Golden Glove boxer. Right, so that's all you had to worry about. <laughs> but I was really that guy. Yeah. So people would have no idea, bro. Big right hand is the only thing that's coming on a street fight. They're coming to crank. Mm, yeah. You already knew that. And then, plus, you get in a 25-second scramble on the street, you are winded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we weren't. Deal. We are in shape. We are like, trained. We kickboxed. We traveled the world, me and Mikey. So it's like, it was almost not fair because it'd be like a professional fighting an amateur. I look back now like, man, that was probably not the best idea, but God, it was fun. It was just, it was such a fun time growing up. Like, now, I would... I wouldn't take much from somebody, but I, the option of me fighting is very low. Right? It takes a lot more would, to get you that point, right? Yeah, unless I'm road rage. <laughs> road rage to me, like, puts me over the edge. Dude, that would, like, that would uh, get like, like people rolling up on you at a gas station? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the deal killer for anybody. Yeah. Road rage will turn a sissy into a cage fighter. No matter how big, how small. Everybody can fight when you get road rage, right? It's yeah. always uh, it's always curious to me whenever people are such a talented fighter and, and been doing it professionally for so long. Is did they grow up rough like that? Did they grow up fighting? And it sounds like you did fight a lot growing yeah. up, and that's like what y'all enjoyed. Was there ever a time that you felt like uh, I'm really good at this? Like I can whoop everybody I'm around. My boys know I'm the stud of the group. I'm the alpha. Like, did you before you got into training kickboxing? Were you like? Yeah, bro, I can, I can fight. Yeah. I was telling Matt this story on the way up here. Matt, uh, Matt's my videographer, so for people listening that don't know, and uh, we were driving out here. He asked that same question, like, how did you know? Like, mm-hmm. what what was it? Well, so I uh, got expelled from high school my freshman year for fighting. So I had to do high school and then another year again, right? I had to do another one more year. So when I had to do the one more year, I was 18 now. Well, my grandma who I'd lived with most of my life, lived in, to call it Denver, they rented me an apartment. So now I'm a senior in high school. Living at your own place. Living at my own place. Swing. Too much freedom for a high school. Bro. <laughs> but I went to school. I got everything. You know what I mean? I didn't ever not skip or anything, but we had a lot of people. It was like the party house. Oh, yeah. And um, we'd always get in fights, and I, I ran into my buddy, and he's like, you think like you're good? You should come down and kickbox. So I went down into the kickboxing gym. Literally two weeks later, I took my first professional fight. Now, people are always like, how did you go professional right away? There wasn't really an option. Yeah. It's not like it is today where kids are training and there's all kinds of levels. And fighting, I had to travel the world. Like I had to go to Europe and fight in Japan and fight because there wasn't the, the talent level wasn't very big here. We made we like ran past out really fast. Yeah. It didn't take you long because there wasn't many options whenever you get in a fight. There wasn't an amateur circuit. There wasn't multiple local series. There so, was, but it was just down in Florida called the ISK and it was it was just whatever. It wasn't I was I was like I want to fight the best. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. At such a young age, you literally said, you know what, I'll travel the world and mm-hmm. fight people. It wasn't like, ah oh, man, let me just try my hand at this. Let me see if nah. I'm any good at it. You was in. That's in. Let's go. You know what's funny is I see those same tendencies because you race now. Yeah. 
And like when you show up at the race, I see that same competition. You and I hung out right before the Silver State race that wasn't right. very long ago. And you see that same killer instinct. And it's not like, oh, man, I'm just kind of out here having fun with. He, oh, yeah. Now that we're talking about that, what's the guy's name? Oh, <laughs> here we go. Uh, oh, oh, you talking man, about old, that poor dude. Uh, Evil Knievel that's going to tie can... you up next time? Oh, man. Van Beacom? You want to talk, talk about road rage? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, dude almost broke my wrist. See, that's the danger of getting wild and racing. You also don't know who you're about to get into. So. Yeah, I was looking for him at the finish line, but he had already packed up and hauled. <laughs> he had no idea. But I'm going to see him no again. Idea. It, we were in a 25-mile-hour zone, so you shouldn't have even got up next to me anyways. And then when it was time to go, I get it. You took off, but you just came over and clipped my wheel. I'm like, bro, so... Oh, I, I, I heard about that, but yeah, I don't know that's what we gotta, we got to set it up because there's a story behind it. So he's racing the Silver State. He's doing well. Like, he's fast in his car. He's got he's got that literal checkers or wreckers mentality. Like, he's yeah. going to the front or he's going to tear the car up. It doesn't matter to him. Talking about Donald. And so there's a long section. Do you remember it? And I think, Quentin, you've raced the Silver State mm -hmm. before. There's a yeah. long 25-mile-an-hour section. Super long. Yeah, that you really got to. And if you go into it with cars, like, you're looking at other there was, racers. There was four of us yeah. in the chain. Yeah, and, and so for like four miles, you're doing 25 just staring at the people around you, the other racers. Going over bridges. It's mm -hmm. no passing zone. Like, okay. that's not where you make your race move. It's yeah. just your relax time, your rest. We're on like a public road, and until you can get back to the race course, like, you just cruise. Everybody's like, it's that gentleman's agreement. You, right. you kind of touch gloves before you start fist fighting. You just do 25, and you keep your position until it's time to race. Well, this dude starts easing up on Donald. Naturally, he didn't know who Donald was. Yeah. But starts easing up on him in the 25-mile zone and comes up beside him right as you get to continue race pace. Yeah. And straight bullies him off the track, like turns into Donald, yep. slams into the front of his car to try to take the line. You got it on GoPro? No, but I, he, his wheels came over and took my – dude, snapped my wrist so bad. I was like in agony. And I was like oh, – Had your mind made then? Oh, yeah. I said, Eric, write that number down. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mikey, lock the door. Like, yeah, yeah, Mikey, oh, lock like, the, the door. To the point, like, if he would have wrecked out, I would have just pulled off, parked my car, Stopped and got him with him. Yeah. I mean, that's like the, that's the equivalent of, like, a, in fighting, that's a cheap shot. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah, I guess well, it is, And right? then I was like, man, you could have broke, broke, bent. You know what I mean? There's like a lot of things you could have you could have cost me to race right there because you, like, man, I'd have let you buy. Give me a honk, but we were in the in the race pace. Like it's not like you caught me and, and you were passed me. and passing me. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're not even in the same class as me. You get a four digit number. So mm -hmm. you see how fired up he gets about this. I know what it is. He's the tough guy in the bar that everybody thinks they want to test. Like oh, you you fight on you train. Let me give. In racing, they're trying to bump you. They're trying to nerf you. They yeah. want to test you to see what it's about. But have you have you always been that way? If you went from just training kickboxing mm -hmm. to fighting internationally, your first pro fight in two weeks and then you jump into racing with us and like you're running pro turbo class times you get this fired up is it everything that you do mountain biking jujitsu like you got a black belt fast in jujitsu right. right right when you when you set your mind to something have you always been that way you just get yeah. into it yeah i just want to be the best at it you know like we took off and we ride like we ride in the four wheelers like i, I want to go buy a four wheeler and practice so next time i come down here you're better I'm, than us well not better but i'm at least equal like yeah. you guys are wheeling i wanted to wheelie that bike couldn't wheelie so yeah. it's like i see you guys like wah, wah, wah. i'm like oh that's cool i want to be cool you know what i mean it's so like that's always how i've been with everything and i just go buy it and work on it until i do and you can tell that because when we go, went to the uh, bmf ranch with him 
Like, you don't just have a nice little ranch house with some horses. Dude's got a full-blown race course on his house. <laughs> you got a paintball oh, yeah. course. You've got your own full-size training gym there. Right. You've got a bunkhouse. You've got a general store, a barber shop, a saloon. Right. Like, you got the most baller ranch that you can go hang out at. And so everything that you do, it goes to that extreme. Like 100s. That. Got to. It's mm-hmm. just the way that you live, though. Yeah. Yeah. Live a life worth living, baby. That's what he always says, man. That's <laughs> just, what he always says. When I was eight years old, my dad was like, he's like an entrepreneur, so he's always buying and selling businesses. And I remember we walk into this big business he was about to buy, and on the wall was a slogan, live a life worth living and work a job worth working. Mm-hmm. It's just stuck with me my whole life. Just like we were talking about this mud butt thing we're doing next two weeks. Yeah. I told Matt, like, man, I, I've never done that. I have to go to that. Right. I have to. Mm-hmm. It'd be criminal to the live a life worth living slogan and mantra that I preach every single day to not to deny myself of that pleasure. Yeah, I haven't even <laughs> thought about it, but it's it's that same thing. He comes in mud rides with us one weekend, one weekend, and we didn't even make it through the day. And he already had a plan to come back in town. <laughs> He's bringing multiple people. His motor coach. He wants to set up a party at his motor coach for everybody to come hang out with him. Right. He wants to bring his own vehicles down. He wants to have stuff ready. It literally went 100. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's just living that life worth living. Man, it's just... Because fun is fun, but fun in a group is really fun. Yeah. Because if you just had a bike, like you, let's just say you had your Can-Am and you were out there ripping and roaring, and sure, maybe we get some video and we see how cool it is, and we're like, man, you're such a great driver, but it's not nearly as cool when you come hit a sick berm, maybe put it on two wheels and rock, and you're like, Quentin, did you see that? Yeah. And he's like, that was cool. You're like, yeah, it was cool. Let you know, me that try is, it. Yeah. <laughs> right? That is what I love. So like snowmobiling, bike riding, like you always, you got to have the reassurance or look over at your buddy like, yeah. So Do you ever do that in the race car? Because I know a lot of times me and D do something like if we make a good pass or we get real sketched out, we'll kind of in the radio be like, bro, well, that was a close call, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> or if he like rails, like you say, like a sweet berm or does like a beautiful 180, like, I'll acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want it to go unspoken. I'm like, man, that was a that was cool. Like you did that perfectly. That makes and that then back to 100. percent That makes that experience better, right? For us to have all the four wheelers together and ride together, and like you have well, like six or eight Harleys, right? And you say you have like ten really nice mountain bikes, and you told me whenever we came to the ranch, you said I don't want to have fun by myself. Yeah. I want my friends to have fun with me. I want us to do it together if yes. we're going to do it. Absolutely. And it just makes it a better experience. For sure. It makes everything, everything is more fun because you're all engaged together. And it's, they, they say, like all those famous people, like it's lonely at the top. But why is it lonely if you bring everybody with you? Yeah. 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 So That's let's cool. bring everyone with us. Yeah. Let's all go. Let's all sit on the top, kick our feet up, and be like, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big impression that you made on us early on whenever we came to your place. A is how welcoming you were. And that you wanted everybody to have fun. But, the but first- I'm only as welcoming as I would expect the same from you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if, if you were like, hey, man, come down and hang out. And I came and hung out. I would ex- just expect open, like whatever I was doing to you guys, like I would expect that too. Like, man, that's just how it is. Like to book your hotel rooms. And stuff. Well, yeah, that's different. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, that you still, you guys open your shop up, open your lives up. Like you don't have to get up at 8 a.m. and then go to bed late and then be here at 8 a.m. again. Like that's. You know what I mean? You guys are doing that because I'm in town and you're running hard and you're playing hard and you're cleaning the machines, you're making everything's working and you're like, 
you know, you're doing above and beyond that you would normally do. And that's so cool because I would do this. I expect the same thing for you to come to my house. Like, all my guys, like, these, take care of these guys, right? They're here. Make sure they have a good time. Man, you did. Whenever we came, man, it was quite an experience whenever we came over there. So for us, it was like, dude, he's coming to our place. Now we get to show him what yeah. we do for fun. We, we love doing that. We talk about it all the time. We go hang out with people and the, and. and not that anybody's higher or lower, but some sure. people just don't know how to entertain it or, or have that. And we're like, bro, everybody comes. We have to have everything working so mm -hmm. we can all go ride, go to the lake, ride the sea dude, yeah. whatever. Like, and play, some play people, paintball. Like, we got to make sure they have, we show them a good time. Yeah. Some people just aren't the same, and you need to yeah. understand that. Right? Like, some people are like, I jive. Like, mm -hmm. we, we, we have, you could almost answer my question for me already. Yeah. And some people, you're like, man. He's just not one of the fellas. Yeah. yeah right? Like, yeah. he's cool. He's just not one of the fellas. Yeah, like, I don't know if us. I could yeah. Right. yeah, he just ain't one of us. He ain't one of us. We talk and about that, too. We're, we're like, man, we like doing stuff with them. But outside of work, if, like, I'll call D. We hang out just about every day. Yeah. DH free, same thing. Like, I'm like, I'd hang out with them outside of some obligation. Like, sure. they're cool mm -hmm. people. Right. It's just. And it's weird to live half a world apart or half a country apart. And by, by happenstance, we cross paths, be, right. the guys at BMF Ranch and then us. Like, you get that, uh, you just get that vibe with people, man. When you hang out, it, it's like-minded people and it's stuff that, you know, I would hang out. Like Quint said, I would hang out with these people. But you said something that your dad had on his uh, wall that was live a life worth living and work a job worth working. Right. Well, is that what it was? Uh, he was buying the company. It was just on the wall in the company that he was buying. Yeah. And so you fought for how many years now? Uh, 18 I think 17 yeah. 18 so your entire adult working life you've been a fighter yeah what do you think since I was 20 years on my first fight I was I know exactly how old I was because I had a fake ID in New York City to fight <laughs> to be able to fight dude no to what? go parties oh <laughs> <laughs> to go out after the fight so get this so this dude Little backstory on me. I like to have fun, have a wild time. So we go to New York. First stop, we hit throw the bags in the thing. Coyote Ugly. Yeah, got you. My man. Have to, yeah. Have to. Right? Weigh-ins are 9 a.m. the next morning. Oh, yeah, this was the night before the fight. Hammer drunk. <laughs> Walking into weigh-ins. Hammer drunk. <laughs> this dude drops extra weight because he knows well, he's going to the could, night. I was just like, didn't have to cut anything. It was just, I just fought above my weight. Just whatever you, you was. Whatever, whatever you yeah. walked in at, yeah. it's like, I'll fight somebody at that weight class. And they were like, I can't believe you're going out. My buddy Mikey wasn't because he knew. I. So I didn't know it was going to be a profession. I was just doing it because I loved it. Yeah. I loved it with everything. So... And then they were like, I can't believe you're going out. I said, well, I also love this. <laughs> like, I'm in New York, first time in my life, at a bar. So you wasn't there to make a living. You was there to do what you had fun doing and what you loved. And so not only did you love to fight people, you also liked to go out and party. Yeah. And so you were just, the same weekend, I'm doing what I love. Bro, I got to go to New York. I got to go drink. I got to have sex with a Maxim model, and I got to beat somebody up. <laughs> and get what paid. A, and get paid to do it. What a I mean, list so, I, I mean, have. Back then, the pay was... A seven hundred bucks, like eight hundred. It was nothing. We we would always stay wherever we traveled the world. We'd always stay longer, book our flight for a week, and we'd end up burning the money on the hotel just to go check out whatever country yeah, yeah, you're in. Yeah. But yeah, I used to travel the world, and we just so if anybody ever makes it to Japan or anything, Rapungi is the spot. Rapungi. Oh man, write that down. Uh, Quinn, write that down. Yeah, bro, Rapungi <laughs> is like Las Vegas. You land in Japan, you go to Rapungi, and and Japan is very yakuza. Which is like a real thing, like the the Japanese Ma mafia. mafia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, so oh. they run 
everything. You're like, girls are taking care of you. You're like a celebrity. You get off the airplane, people are going crazy, taking pictures, and Yakuza comes pick you up, and they pay you in crisp, brand new $100 bills, like cutting like out of a checkbook, like 100. And it's crazy. They like dip them in the wax and they like peel them off. It's crazy, crispest money you've mm -hmm. ever seen. And that's how they paid you in cash. And everything was, you would go out with the Yakuza guys. And you were good. Like, it didn't matter where you went when you were there for that, you were good. Bro, people wouldn't even look in your direction. These, are, ki these are killers. But killers. Why, why were they treating you like celebrity? This is after because you Because I'm there fighting off? for them. Gotcha. Uh, under their promotion. Under their promotion. You're gotcha. their guy. And never were they, never do they try to throw a fight or mm -hmm. get me to do, that was never, that's never been the case ever. They, it was always straight up coming to fight. And uh, they would just pay you and take care of you, but you'd go out, man. You'd just see people like, oh yeah, walking in anyway was cool. It was like mafia. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. And Rapungi is so. Rapungi. What I was saying is, we loved to party. So back in my early career, we had no idea this would be a real job. I was yeah. 20, 21 years old, traveling the world. That's all you cared about, like, bro. We're gonna travel the world and party, and I can fight. Like, I'm good with it. <laughs> who, you know, I out, and we just raging. I can't believe you go out and get drunk before your fight. Kind of like you, like you're so focused like yeah. a week before your race. Yeah. Bro, I'd be hammered. <laughs> Going to fight, baby. How? Yeah, you know, it was just so fun. Like, I would wake up. Usually, we were so hungover. We'd make weight. And we'd have to have, we would just have to rehydrate just because to get rid of the pounding headache. Not because you had dropped so much water weight, just because you had to get out of the, the hangover. Out of the hangover. Just to get back to zero. Just to get back yeah. to zero. Yeah. Just, to just to get back, back to zero. zero. You're traveling these countries, and, like, most of this place that a lot of fighting in other countries is, like, rough, too. Like, these dudes train all day, every day, take it real serious. So, like, yes. doing that and going out and being in, a, like, a deficit coming into the fight, did it cost you some fights? Not, or like, only, not only that, you're talking about people that have trained their whole life and they're, they're ready for the fight. I'm the guy they would call on a Wednesday to fight in Japan on Saturday. Good so I was geez. the last minute replacement. Hey, we need you we need you to get on a plane, be jet lagged, and then of course I'm gonna hit Rapungi <laughs> when I get there. <laughs> As if you don't have enough strikes against you. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd swing on into the local watering hole and we'd just have fun and rage and then we'd go in there and fight. And you know you at 20 years old, you know, you wreck, it doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah. You don't drink, so you don't know what a hangover feels like. But a 40-year-old hangover hurts a lot worse than a 20-year-old hangover. Mm -hmm. Feels a lot different, huh? You Dude. can bounce back pretty quick. Yeah, man. And you just, you, everything was real quick. Like, you just, I don't even think you get sick when you're 20. What's crazy to me is you said, like, even back then when you first got into it, you were the guy that they called on a Wednesday to fight on a Sunday. Yeah. And to this day, you you have that reputation in the sure. UFC. Fighting at the highest level for the biggest organization with the longest resume, you're still the guy that they know, like, if there's a fight and somebody's out, Donald will fight right. anybody anytime. And you know, it, yeah. now that I'm 38, and it saddens me because I always talk about retirement and the end of the tunnel, I can feel it. Mm -hmm. You know what I feel the most? Coming up to the fight, leading up, training, everything, I feel it. I can talk it and I sound big. But when I get in that cage, it's like I don't have that killer drive anymore. And I don't know how you find that, how you get it, if it's time. And I always told people, I'm, why would I retire? I'm not retiring. I'm here. I'm here till I can't do it anymore. But, man, it's like I know losing sucks and I've lost a couple of my last. And it's, it, like, hurts. You know what I mean? Like, looking yourself in the mirror, like, you talk about these accolades and, 
who I was. And I used to always joke around. People would say, oh, I'll throw this football over the mountain. I used to be. I used to play that. I used to. You feel that coming, huh? Yeah, man. You know, the problem with used to be is they don't make honey no more. Yeah. Sucks. You yeah. know, I feel it coming. It's like, damn. So that's what I always wondered whenever you're in uh, something like that is how or when do you realize it? Does your does your vision, you feel like, man, I can't judge his speed or depth perception or you your your body aches worse or do you lose that snap of like oh like that killer freaking instinct the like killer, my first you hit me i'm his. coming no matter what i'm coming yeah. to get you you mm-hmm. lo- you lose that little bit of like well a, like my last fight he hit me big over top clipped me boom set me back i could still hear and function i wasn't on the on feeling of i'm gonna get knocked out then he hit me again, and I could hear my corner, like, grab him. And then I have something in the back of my mind saying, man. Don't worry about it. Just cover up. Yeah. Do do we have CTE? Is getting hit a bunch? Longevity. Like, there's a lot of, like, things now that I'm older and I have kids, and I'm, like, like, like way in the back of my mind that come up front. So all this is happening in the, in the 10 seconds. You know, it's crazy, and you have to make these decisions, fight or flight. And I don't know if I'm getting to the age where it's like, you know, like, is it time for me to step away? Because you, know, you think about those things. Yeah, Dana called like, me. They're going to give me one more. They're like, we owe it to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to finish like that. They're like, we owe it to you to go out in front of a crowd and, mm-hmm. and, and set off into the sunset like you want to, you know? And, and that's cool on their point, but I don't know when I want to do it. I don't know what I want to do right now. Right now, I'm just trying to figure out what's next for me. Mm-hmm. And um, it sucks to have such a career like we talked about oh you're this and you're that and you're this and you're that and then i just don't want to end going out like man but the end of your career you just what the hell was that you know that sucks but ruined your legacy i I think people with your personality that's the way it has to go out it's like it's like a a, there's no such thing as a bad relationship like passion has to end that way yeah like it you're not going to call it quits yeah so it's going to have to be a realization of like Bro, I'm not. I'm not the fastest anymore. These dudes are younger, stronger, quicker. They yep. still got that killer instinct. Like that's for some, sure. Something has to push you out. You're not gonna quit, <clears throat> right? You know. So it's like, what's worse, quit or being pushed out? Yeah. If you pushed out, you didn't quit. You just like, bro, I gave it all I had. That's mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. it now. Man, I think a tough thing is that you don't have that fear of like, you ain't scared of nobody. No, you you ain't scared to, and I respect it. You're not scared to lose. You're not scared to get a draw. Right. And, and you're definitely not scared to win. Right. But you start thinking those things of like, this could cause some long-term damage. Yeah. And, or this could affect my relationship with my wife and my kids because of the CTE and the yeah. effects I'm taking. But to be honest with you, and just telling you from the past couple of weeks that we've hung around with you, you... Don't seem retarded. Do not seem as retarded as you are. <laughs> we know you're acting, and that's not that's not the real deal. What I was really surprised about, to be honest with you, and, and what I I want people to know about you from from just getting a personal relationship with you and not right. knowing you as like this bad to the bone that just dude that just wrecks people and he shows up to fight. Right. You're building a legacy. You right. you're you're a very very smart dude. I could sit and talk with you about. Your marketing, right. have you pushed yourself? Have you created opportunities? So for you, you're not limited to, to the next fight that you have. Sure. That is a huge part of who you are and what you've built, but you've created a legacy around Donald Cerrone that is a you know, a marketing machine. You have Matt with you all the time just to just to give put out content with right. you. But you have serious value to people to where you're not a one trick pony. Sure. If there's something I could tell people about Cowboy Cerrone said he's a smart, smart guy that 
has great vision. Even while while we've hung out, you're like, dude, you're not exploiting what you're doing good enough. You right. have a great opportunity to show people this wild and crazy mud riding life that you live. Yeah, let's do that. You know, to where it's not something. That, in my mind, it's not something that you that you should fear of like sure. that day's going to come. I know for me, racing is going to end at some point. Right. I, my vision is going to get slow. My reaction time is going to slow down. That's how racing works. Of course. But I'm trying to get to a spot that you're already out of, like, I want to create that legacy of, like, I'm not out of options. That's not what defined me as a person. Correct. That's what I think people struggle with, and they go too far, and you're not in that position. People will fight and fight and fight till they have CTE, till they have a terrible record, till they go out in an embarrassing fashion. And you've seen fighters do it. Right. But you're at a spot that you're comfortable. You can sit here with us and just say, like, I, you told me the other day at the gym, you said, I see the light. Sure. It's at the end of the tunnel, and the tunnel is not that much longer. No. And I could tell in your eyes, like, that didn't scare you. No. You had, you're doing amazing things outside of fighting. Right. Trying. Trying to just build the brand and grow the brand, right? It's just a while. Life's funny. Life's funny when you look back when you're a kid and how fast here we are. I remember being 18, thinking, like, I can't wait till I'm 18 to be on my own. Yeah. Now it's like, man, mom, can I just be 18 and crawl back in the bed? Right. Please? Yeah. There's so much life out there and so much experience out there. And here, here I am almost 40. It's like, man. Dude, but you lived 10 lifetimes. <laughs> you can't look back at your life and feel like, and feel like you have any regrets. You've done no. it all. You've got how many skydiving jumps. And sure. Like, all the things that you've done, you've lived it all. You don't have to look back and be like, man, I want to go back to 18. That's people that... that they peaked when they were in high school. Their senior year, they were the coolest. They were the prom king, and that's right. that's where they peaked. Mm -hmm. For you, and even for us, dude, we're living 10 people's lifetimes to where we don't ever have to look back with no regrets. Sure. You know? I think it's not dwelling on that being negative. Like I said, it's a killer instinct. You're yeah. like, bro, hold on. I'm just going to go after this. Like, it gives me the same high. It gives me the same satisfaction or similar. Like, this is what I can do. I'm going to take advantage of everything that comes in front of me to the fullest. Right. So it's not like, all right, I'm, I'm headed downhill and the bottom of the mountain's it. It's like, what's yeah. what's the next thing? Like, yeah. cool, I like to race. Or I want to push this or I want to push that. Or I need I need a legacy, you know, for my family. Like, your, your clothing line. Like, me and Dust talk about it. Like, we... We've all done a ton of stuff with a bunch of people that were like, "Man, they're going to be done. They don't mm -hmm. see they, they don't see it as a shelf life yeah. and accept that and and deal with that however you can because it's not easy. That's the hardest thing. Like everything yeah. is a shelf life, you know. And most of the time, the funnest things are the hard thing to accept with that. But it's like, all right, what else can we do to give me that same eye? How can I? Till the day I die, they gotta they gotta roll me to the casket. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so used up, you know. What I'm right. That's it. So like. Hearing you and everything you do, man, you've applied the same thing that's made you successful in fighting to everything you do. Like your ranch, like you were, you know, what's crazy is like time is the most valuable thing. Right. But you did everything on your ranch with all the guys. Like it's free. This kids camp we talked about, like right. all this stuff, dude, you're just nonstop. You know, so I mean, this, the sky's the limit when you have a mindset like that and you can deal with all the demons of like your first love of fighting and like, you're like, all right what's the next thing like right. you know the I, I know that you love fighting and you follow mm -hmm. it more than anybody in our group so i want to ask a, a few questions that like we've always wondered about it for me it's what was your fight that is the fight for you the most memorable was it was it a battle that you went five rounds and it was just slaying each other was it a walk-off head kick like <laughs> 
What is your fight that you say that that was my that was my night? Like, is there one like a mat? Like that was my masterpiece. That was it. That was when I was my best. Ooh. No, probably not. That's when I was my best, but probably in the WC when I fought Razor Rob McCullough was probably like my favorite fight because he was the champ, and I was going in there to beat the champ, you know, and I did. So it was cool. Like it just, and I remember I had to go lay down. I couldn't even go out that night. I, we were just so beat up. My head hurt, and it was just a back and forth throwdown. So that to me, back in the WC days. It was it was a fun. It was like one that you had to earn. Or earn I had to win. dig deep. Yeah. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh yeah. So who who has hit you harder? Either in training in Japan, who has punched you harder than anybody ever? Where you <laughs> thought like this dude freaking punches like a mule? Um, Ross Coleman. He's a bull rider. The hardest I've ever been hit. Ross Coleman. Bible. Does he fight? No. No. You just let him punch you? The PBR did a thing with the UFC, and we came down, and um, the bull riders trained, and then we kind of went in there, and he wanted to spar me. So we went in there and started sparring around, and he cocked back and blew my hole. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what was this? Rubber that? legs. That's Rubber from, legs, huh? Started doing form. a stanky leg. <laughs> he, just, he, just, he hit me so hard. I was like, oh, my God. Is he like a heavyweight or something? Oh, man. Out of all your fights and all the training sessions you've had, this random PBR dude just had that just had that forearm, that shoulder string just put the pop on you. Yeah. How does that stick out in your mind? Of all the fights that you've been in, that this dude... Because it's just, I know I, on my how hard have you been hit meter, that was that was a 10. <laughs> oh, dang. Josh, is it this dude in the... Yeah, yellow, Ross in the, Coleman. He's a ring of honor, like one of the baddest bull riders out. So hmm. he's just farm built for Bro. strong work his whole like life. He, yeah, he doesn't look like he hit very hard. Bro, he. It was unexpected, her. though, so that's probably why it's the most memorable. Look uh-huh. at that dude there. I mean, all right. Hill Roscoe. Man, Hill I, Roscoe. I hope I don't ever cross paths with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he would get out of the car and just dog walk him. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you got that stupid little mangy dog that ain't listening, you yank him by the car and just drag him. That's, <laughs> a, dog. that's, that's a, a dog walk. Dog, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, the one fight that you never got to have, that you that you wanted, that never happened, or the one person that you wanted to beat, or probably Khabib. You wanted to fight him. I was scheduled to fight him five times. God. Yeah. So I think that would have been one fight I wanted, just to feel what he really has. You know. Yeah. He's amazing, great. So it'd have been cool to get in there and. And actually feel it. Yeah. Mm. To see how good he was. Yeah. You know what's weird is is that competitive nature, you can't help but be that away. Like for me, I don't know who would you consider the best off road racer, like a Rob McCachran or like a Jason Voss or mm-hmm. um somebody like that. Like right. I wanna know in, line e- next to you. in equal vehicles, can I can you beat me? Right. I wanna see how fast you are. If you're fast, I want to know how fast you are. Yeah, put your foot on the line, brother. Let's go. I'm trying to figure yeah, it put out. Put your foot on the line. Bro, Khabib's a scary dude. Yeah, I don't think so. I wouldn't scare me. But no, I'm, you've I got do. that mentality, though. You yeah. you just don't get scared of people. You say, right. oh, you do what I do? Let me see if yeah. I can be better at it than you. Right. Yeah, you couldn't You couldn't do what, what Cowboy does, be successful at it, and at the same time answer the question, like, are you scared of him? Yeah, I'm scared of him. <laughs> That's got to be the truth, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. You could yeah. you couldn't be a professional fighter at this level and be scared of anybody. Right. 
feel like, oh man, I don't know that I can beat him. Yeah, you're in the wrong sport mm-hmm. then. Yeah, you're you're doing the wrong thing. Do you follow so much? You got any questions? Um, man, touching on what you guys said, like cowboy, I think you know when it's said and done, like you you would have built, or or I think people would remember you for more than being just a fighter, you sure. know, especially with everything that you've done. Um, so man, you you built that legacy that that will once once fighting's done and over with, you know, will surpass that. Like right. people won't forget who Cowboy Cerrone is or only remember him as just a fighter because right. you've done you done so many cool things and and maybe it's maybe you know talking with you maybe as you get older priorities change you know like for sure because I can imagine just hearing you talk like when you were younger and you know if you get hit you put your head down you start swinging on people and now like. You think that the, if if you get hit, you think about things differently. Right. Like you start thinking about family and stuff. So part, you know, as you get older, priorities priorities change. So you know, it, it it's it's been cool to to get to know you and and know because we followed you for so long. Sure, it's cool to get to know you to the other side of cowboy. You right. know, because we've only ever seen you know you and the octagon just just pissed off, <laughs> just mad, and and that's not. You know, it's it's almost an injustice to to cowboy fans because you're so much more than that. You know right. what I mean? And I don't think any of us would have ever ever known like all the the charitable stuff you do with with kids and at the ranch with the fighters and stuff right. like that. Man, it's it, it's super cool. So you know, it, it's definitely been a pleasure for us for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's we're gonna just grow it more that's what i was yeah. just about to say dude we've got some um, things in the pipeline it's it it's done turn into a domino effect to where we hang out at bmf you come down here and do this now we got some things in the pipeline just this year right like bmf and s3 is going to be doing some things a lot of things the biggest thing to me is the uh that i would want people to know about that i mean we need to try to get people involved in is you do a kids camp every summer correct which is really important to you it's and I'm excited for you, the S3 boys, to come down and see how life changing it is, man. To see the expressions and the excitement and the learning aspect of these kids when they look at you and they're like, "I did it," mm-hmm. and you're like, "Yeah, you did, man. That's cool. Like you feel like accomplished, mm-hmm. you know." And and they go home, their parents come and they're so excited to tell them like, it's everything we did, you know what I mean? And they just, it's it's life changing, man. I can't wait. So we offer a free kids camp at the ranch. And I never wanted to charge because I don't want only someone who has money to come. Mm. So it's it's like an underprivileged, but the, some of them are underprivileged. You know what I mean? They just luck of the draw. Yeah. And um, but it's an equal opportunity. An equal opportunity. It's all ever. expensive pays. You cover everything. Yes. For all the kids. Yep. Correct. And we and just, we get to freaking counsel it this year. Yeah, you guys get a counselor this Dude, year. Dude, that's what I'm subjective about. But it's a good thing because you teach them a skill. Like, you make them work there. You reward them for working. Teach them. We train them. You train them in wrestling, sometimes in jiu-jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu's sometimes training, in, box, yeah. in boxing. This year, we're going to teach them how to work on the race cars, how to change a tire. So, like, if their mom broke down on the side of the road, right. they could help their mom get out of a bad situation, you know? Correct. So, it's not just, hey, show up and have fun and run around the ranch and you – like, you spend time to teach these kids life lessons and skills and stuff. And the cool thing is, is at night around the campfire, like, we talk, and you'll be able to, like, instill cool, like, judgment in these kids, right? Like, you'll learn that what, what you say matters. Mm-hmm. Like they, you'll be talking, they, like, look up to you and listen, like, oh. Mm-hmm. And some of them don't, but sometimes you say the right thing, and the one kid's like, yep, 
and you see it hit mm-hmm. home, and you're like, mm, got him. So we're, we're we're the you're the writing, or we'll be the writing on the business wall, right? For sure, like, that's exactly. what took you to where you are. You never forget. Exactly, like, I remember man. teachers in school and things my grandpa said, and I'm sure y'all do with things here. Like that's literally have stuck with you, and you have no idea why, but you remember it to this day, and like situations will happen and all of a sudden like you remember that it's like a moral compass almost you're like why am i why is that sticking with me and why do i remember that in this specific situation and why is it the answer or leads me to make a decision you know on whatever's going on it's pretty wild for sure so that's super cool it's a crazy opportunity man and and we're excited to be a part of it it. but also like it it requires some help like if anybody is interested in helping with this, helping the kids and helping us do this. I mean, for all you parents me? out there know just having your own kid for 24 hour, 48, 72 hours, you're like, oh, just go outside and play. <laughs> <laughs> right. But now we'll have 20 to 25 to 30. We haven't got the number of what we're doing this year yet. And we, we, we can't tell them just go outside and play. No, and you are there all day, and then you have to make sure they're not getting hurt mm. and that they're playing within mm-hmm. the means that we've allowed. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's tiring. It's fun. But it's when they're having fun, God, you have fun. When your team wins, you're going like, to feel like, John got it, right? It's just so cool. Dude, that's crazy to see a grown man that punches other grown man in their face on purpose. <laughs> Say that about kids. Yeah. yeah. Like, take that time. Complete 180 of, like, a personality <laughs> trait. You think, yeah, like, at so, straight alpha. Yeah. And then you're like, you know what? I want to have all the kids. That's what I want to do with my time. I want to <laughs> I want to have 30 kids at my ranch, teach them axe throwing, paintballing, shoot safety, Everything. water sports, safety, the race cars. And right. we're going to do it for, it's seven days, right? Yeah, seven days. Yeah, and not. you keep touching on safety, safety, safety. But <laughs> that is... 100% is the trick. If you know how to safely shoot a gun, look how much more fun we can have. Yeah. Think about this. Think about the five of us on the boat last night shooting and playing with guns. Mm-hmm. No one was worried because everyone knows like you have gun safety, you have gun safety, right? So that's the same thing you want to instill in these kids. Like, where they're driving with their mom, and the mom's car tire bar, bar, tire blows, and he's like, I got it. Mm-hmm. I got this. Yeah. Look at the safety I give you, mom. Sit in the car. I got this. I can handle a firearm. I can ha- I can change a tire. I can, mm-hmm. I can ride a bike. I know putting a helmet on is what I should do. And you know what? Maybe today we're getting a little – maybe I will put it on. Maybe it saves his life. You know what I mean? So, like, teaching those safety – is great, right? This is how it should be done. Now we can walk the line a little bit if we want. You know, it's just yeah. whatever they want to do in their life. But it's cool to be like, this is how it's supposed to be done. So it instills a great, like self. It's got to be self confidence in it. Oh, for sure. Like to be like, I can fix that. If I can fix that, I can do this. If I can mm-hmm. uh, safely operate a gun, like I can protect my family. It's right. that got to be that self confidence. Absolutely. That you're offering uh, them. And so, yeah. man, I'm, I'm pumped that we're going to get to be a part of that. Like I'm, I'm excited that we'll be able to touch some kids like that. Wait, yeah. what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, parents, we're not going to be touching your kids. <laughs> but it's a good opportunity. But out, man, outside of that, like you've got to always coming out with new clothing. Yeah, underwear, koozies. 
I got them on right now. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no way I wouldn't wear them tonight. And what's crazy is everything he's got, I'm like, man, this fits good. Man, this it's work. nice stuff. Everything dude. is. Dude, I went on a store and bought a one of everything <laughs> off there because it's just everything he's got. So you're doing clothing. You've got a full-blown race team. You're hitting right. Best Sun Desert races, like full Can-Am race car. You got Matt on full time, like just traveling and documenting everything. You're Correct. you're doing stuff that people can keep up with you, can watch what you're doing. Like it's your life is out there for people to see. And we're just trying to because the, there's a lot of like famous people and people that you watch and like heroes that you have, right? It's cool. I never in a million years thought I would be somebody's hero. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a wild punk kid, never would I say. And when I was with the Tap Out guys, it made a lot of sense to me. They'd always Mask the guy. He he crashed his car and ended up dying. But um, the whole time, he's always like, "Man, my journey in life, cowboy, is to find somebody. I need to find one person that can touch millions. Mm-hmm. I need to find one person that could touch millions." And I feel like I became that person. You know what I mean? That one person. And it doesn't have to be like my values, or I'm not trying to persuade you religiously, or not. You know what I mean? I just. Just teaching people how to get out. Just like Can-Am says, like, live their off-road lifestyle, right? Like, just mine is live a life worth living. Like, if it's Sunday and I get this all done, like, I don't have the money, just go to Louisiana and play in the mud. No, you don't. You're, you're right. But Sunday when you don't have work, why can't you get on the bikes with the kids and go ride the park? Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. why can't you get out and do something? Why do you let your kid play video games and watch TV all day. Like, let's get outside. Let's live. Right. So that's what I try and instill. And that's like live a life worth living. That's like I said, my mm. mantra. That's what I want. I want people to be like, man, we have a four day week and come up. Let's just jump in the kid in the car, kids and go. Let's go to the Grand Canyon. It's free. Got to pay for gas. Sure. We can sleep in the car if we had to, you know, yeah. let's, let's get out and let's go do something. Let's go explore Let's. What have you always mm-hmm. wanted to do? What have you all, you know, and just ask them. And so that's what I try and instill. And that's what this, following around and let people have a have a sneak peek into the into my life and now sure we don't let them see everything there's some things they don't see right but we try to portray what we're doing most of the time and just get them to live a little bit and and, and being engaged in our life and enjoy it man it's such a cool thing that's why i enjoy following your stuff and and watching what you're doing because it's a different aspect people can see what you got going on they can they can have a, a small piece of you with your clothing like we train in your muay thai shorts <laughs> that you that you train in right your your stuff that you work out in we got that stuff and we trained in it too and right. so it's just I mean, anybody can have a little a little piece of that did you, you send did you send him the picture from the other night oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we were we were all set up watching the fight man and everybody was wearing their gear that we had at your ranch and like I had these Muay Thai shorts on. Quentin was in only your underwear. <laughs> Quentin was in just your underwear. Watch the whole fight. No shirt on. Sitting on oh. the couch in your oh, underwear. Man, oh, yeah. And D had your fight shirt on. Like everything, man. Cool. Everything. One thing that I will make sure that I do next time is uh, when Donald comes in town, book his hotel room <laughs> a little bit better. I'm bringing the RVs. I don't need you next time. Right. <laughs> Big, I don't know if you knew about this, uh, but so whenever Donald was coming to town, he called me. He's like, hey, is there, is there rooms there? Can you make sure I got one? I was like, yeah, dude, for sure. So I called like three hotel rooms, and I, I mean hotels, and I found one. But I really only asked him for that first night stay. I was like, hey, do you have rooms available? Do you have plenty of rooms available? We got some people coming in. They're like, yeah, no problem. Just tell them to show up. So I was like, all right, cool. And so I told him, like, hey, go to this hotel room. When he got there, he was like, hey, it's under Donald Cerrone. 
And the lady was like, mm, no, I don't have anything on there. So he's like, it's under uh, Dustin Jones. She's like, nope, nothing for that anywhere. So he picked me up, picked up the phone while he was standing there with the lady. Bro, and, uh, and Dustin had the biggest grin on his face. I can barely hear the conversation. I'm sitting beside him, and he's looking at me laughing. I'm going, oh, man, what is he doing now? I was so excited because I could hear her talking in the background. So Donald was like, hey, bro, I, I thought you were booking a hotel room for me. I was like, oh. I was like, yeah, man, I did. I called and made sure there's hotel rooms. He's like, well, this lady's saying the only one that's jail, uh, available is for Jeff, Jeff. and Nancy Weatherman. <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh, yeah, dude, I, that's what I booked it under was Jeff. For you and Matt, it was Jeff and Nancy. <laughs> like, I didn't want to tell them who you were in yeah. case like, they were. Uh, code so names, like, code names. Yeah. And so literally – Jeff walks in. Yeah, <laughs> was on the phone and he tells the lady, he's like, "Okay, yeah, it's under Jeff. That's for me." And dude, you, I could hear in the background of Donald's phone. Dude in the background says, "My name is Jeff Waterman." <laughs> you, you, you guys trying to steal my room? Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Is this is a true story. Hundred percent. So me and Quentin are freaking rolling in the truck dude. oh my dude, he's he putting him on speaker because he's grinning ear to ear and i'm like bro what is going on and i can hear him and dustin <laughs> is laughing and i was like man i don't know if he's joking it's really late and like what are they gonna do if there's and no we're rooms? tired and d is cracking <laughs> and we gotta up. be up at what, what time are we meeting you guys in the morning seven yeah, yeah. seven yeah. In the morning. Yeah. it was morning. like midnight dude, <laughs> dude it couldn't have been any more perfect that the people were standing behind and they, weren't, like, they weren't there yet they only walked in yeah, after yeah, yeah. we after the whole conversation <laughs> went on with the lady, and then we were like, "Yeah, it's under Jeff." <laughs> <laughs> and I heard that dude say, "Oh wait, I'm Jeff." <laughs> oh my man! God. And Donald said, "I'm gonna stomp you whenever I see you." <laughs> I was like, "Oh man!" I thought at first that you just put them under like a funny code name, like them, like them two were together or something like, and that in itself is funny. Like yes. that's funny to me. And that's why I was but, laughing in the beginning. But how it played out is a thousand times funnier. The odds of Jeff and Nancy yeah. showing up to check in. Oh, my God. Near impossible. Cowboy was almost believing him. You could tell he was asking, like, because he's like, are you serious? You really put our, is this our room? Did I'm you put our names in like, this? I don't know if this degenerate is, like, if this is real life. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah. might have put it under Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and, then, and then the lady goes, well, all right. It's uh, you're using your points. Like the room was taken care of. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. And then I said, "Bro, all right. I don't know if this is right." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I use my star miles." <laughs> so I'm literally fumbling my yeah. way Making through it this. Up as he goes. But yes, he's feeding it to you. Yes. He's feeding Bro, it to you. Underhand cranking it out of the park, <laughs> and then the dude showed up. So I was like, just book it under another name. And then she, and I even told her, I remember I was like, book it under her name. And she's like, would you still like to use your reward points? And I was like, no, because if Jeff comes <laughs> in here and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could oh, you imagine man. y'all both butt naked laying in them bed in that twin bedroom and then <laughs> Jeff, Jeff and, and Nancy, Nancy coming in? <laughs> Because you know, you know the front desk workers they made for nobody. Yeah. So you check in, all of a sudden they're like, well, "Hold on, let me see your ID." Oh, that is you. Yeah. Oh, here's your keys. Here's your keys. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Oh up. my god. Oh man. So I'm gonna work a little harder on that next time because we're just a couple of ways, uh, a couple of weeks from getting back together. You're coming back. Down I'm driving my RV though, so I don't. I won't need none of that <laughs> <laughs> for Memorial Day, which for us is exciting because we're going out to Muddy Bottoms for Memorial Day. You're bringing some more of your your guys. Yep. So some beer. MF guys, S3 guys going on a super wild mud ride. We're going to host a party one night 
in Donald's RV as many as yeah. we can fit inside the RV. <laughs> Bring the, all your kids free showers. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody use his shower. Yeah. Don't worry about paper wristbands out there. You got no problem. <laughs> Donald, are you bringing my boy Yair? No, Toledo's not coming. He's, uh, I don't know what he's doing. He's in Mexico right now. He would come, though, I bet, in a second. I could bring him. Bro, bring that would be him. sweet. That yeah, could be yeah, these co-dog, sure. man. Bring that would him. be cool. We need to get another unit for him. Don't worry about it. They can ride two on the Renegade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, God. After Jeez, the uh, trip to the ranch, I feel like Dustin and Yair might be cool with that. Yair for sure would be. Donald's trying to confirm everything right now. You are never Jeff and Nancy and him again. No, He's going to make no. sure things are taken care of. <laughs> and I hate that because, dude, I, I like oh, I Oh, how about how about – he already Jeff and Nancy me on the room at Muddy Bottoms. <laughs> I said, "Hey man, I'll bring my boat down. Do I need to bring my RV? Oh no, the house there—it's ours. We have rights to refer. It's us. We want it. We get it. You want to put your boat on the lake? Done." <laughs> I asked the guy, "Hey man," he's like, "Oh, you're coming down this weekend? Like this house is booked. Like not a chance." And I was like, can I put the boat on? He's like, no, no one can put their boat on this lake. Out of money bottoms? Who are yeah. you talking to? Brad. Brad told him that. After I literally just sat there and told him to his face, yeah, dude, we get the cabin. Like, they don't worry about it. put the jet skis on the lake. We, you can ride yeah, the he boat. Brought, he meant, had mentioned that. Like, oh, you we? are not to put those jet skis on there ever, you Man. idiot. It's only ever happened. <laughs> it's only ever happened one time and never again. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. did splash a lot of people. And that, it was really cold, so I don't know if that had something to do with it. My friend's just out there making liars of me. I'm over here trying to impress my buddy now. Uh-huh. Like, Donald's so, a big deal. I'm like, yeah, dude, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, so I, want. I went ahead and rented a slip <laughs> at Muddy Bottoms. Oh I probably could have got it comped if you just <laughs> told me. <laughs> so, I might could have got it for so free. So we're, we're coming down. I'm, ex- I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be fun. This mud... Oh, yeah. bro, you looked at, like a kid at BMF Ranch Camp. All oh, right. what? Dude. What helmet strapped up? Just giving that max frame outlander hell mm. all day, mm. <laughs> dude. Even e- yeah, go ahead. And I'm not gonna lie, dude. I've owned one of those, and that thing is not easy to wheelie at all. It was 12 o'clock all day, <laughs> dude. All day. He's looking at us, and then once he figured it out, that's all you hear all day. We're over here like, hey, everybody, gather up. We're about to leave. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all over the place, Don't. dude. Oh, it was man. cool for us to watch, man, because like. Like we talked about, like you can still get that high of like when you teach a kid something and you see that excitement. Yeah. Like Donald's grown yep, man. Yep. We watched him idolize him, watch him fight, and then we're we're sitting here watching him. Like, look at this dude. He's like eating it up. He's not Loving nothing else it. is going on in the world right now except nothing. him and that four wheeler. Yeah. yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> and that's why I can't wait again for all your guys to come yeah. down. And I was telling Eric on the way down here, like, bro, I cannot wait for mm. you to come try this. It you are not so- going to believe what they do to these machines. <laughs> I, that was like, I almost verbatim when I said like, bro, they put them all the way under the water. <laughs> they will swim these things. Yeah. It's so unbelievable what these machines can do. Mm-hmm. Like if that's not a sales pitch for Can-Am, I don't know what it is. Like I would, dude, if I seen you guys do that and I had a machine, I'd be like, there's no way I would put my in there. I'd like build a bridge and try to figure. You know what I mean? Try to get like, around it. Go around it. <laughs> I, I, I had no clue they could do that. Yeah. Now, man, Brad Donald, you seen it because I came. You guys went in one end, and you were like, "You just dropped in." Dude, the hole. he just came he in did. the last hole, the last day. Like he was like, "Nah, I'm going down the deep end." Yeah. We're trying to like, oh, "Wait, wait, Donald, don't go down." There. He's like, "Nah, I got this." <laughs> Bombed off down that hill into the deep end. That's usually like neck deep, and he just pops out the other side. He's like, "Well." 
Wood just waiting on us. You talking about today, right on the creek? Yeah, we were all nervous. We were literally trying to get D unstuck, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Won't well, y'all go ahead and just make sure he doesn't flip that bike over on himself?" Because that's what happened to Logan today. And D's like, "No, I'll get my bike out." And I'm like, "No, go down there. That's the deep end of the creek." That's <laughs> your boy. Quentin was literally like, "Dustin, don't worry about it. We'll get your bike out. Go make sure Donald doesn't sink that thing." And sure I, enough, I, Donald comes running up, rolling up like, "Hey, what y'all doing?" <laughs> <laughs> In the very hole that Logan rolled his over, yeah, exact same under. one, yeah, yeah, just over here floating my pants. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, what let's what back, do now. Let's what back up a little bit though. We did look up once we got my bike down there, Diesel, so all of a sudden it looks like a campfire down there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in high range. Right in high range, just giving it all it had. <laughs> He's like, I, I hey, guess, guess you're running things baby, in high. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> Dustin, I don't know what's wrong with it. It said 80 on the dash. Yeah. <laughs> all the tires were moving. <laughs> oh, man. So, That's yeah. awesome, dude. I love it. It's cool that you're into it. And then we're going to do that. Uh, some of that's more. Now you know Donald's going back home and he's going to sink everything he owns. He's going to be like, baby, come out here and watch me. I swear they'll oh, run no, underwater. My, there's no way mine can do that. Mine Bring my dude down here. Yeah. He's going to have a, ba- a bounty hole built by the time yeah. he gets back. Have it ready when I get back. <laughs> <laughs> Local fire department, hear me out. Hear me out. I know we live in the desert. There's a water shortage, but, but I've got a track home <laughs> on the way. I'm going to need a. I don't know how much water. The, the hole's 20 by 40. <laughs> <laughs> Size of a shop. How do you fill a shop up? Right. How, much, how much water for a burning shop? Yeah. <laughs> like all that. Uh, oh, yeah. What a good yeah, time, dude. though, man. I'm excited to go do that, dude. And uh, I'm pumped that you came and were a, uh, were a guest on the, uh, on the podcast, man. So yeah, what are cool. we about to go do? Uh, it, oh, yeah. This is crazy, which you've done this before, but it Several exploded times. my mind. So we put out on Instagram just a little while ago on yours, we shared it on ours, that we're going to crash UFC parties tonight. So people have been sending us physical addresses in our city all day long. And now we're literally dropping the podcast, running, jumping in the truck, and we're fixing to hit as many UFC parties as we can tonight. We're not telling them that we're coming. Nope. These people have no idea. They only know we sent, they sent us a message. We did not reply to the message. And we're just going to drop in, eat their food, mm-hmm. drink their drinks. Take a couple photos. And, and roll to the next one, dude. It's so cool. And again, because imagine... Oh, well, I'd lose my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's just dude. a cool, lose our cool mind. We've watched the fights at the house. We grill every fight night. We grill yeah, I mean, imagine watching the fight, grill, and then Chuck Liddell come knocking on your door. Same I thing. Would, Same yeah, thing. Right? What's cool is that you're willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You're not. You're not a recluse in that, in that way that you're like, dude, let's go see what they're doing. Let's... Yeah. He's been Donald getting getting more than me as far as physical addresses in Treeport. He's been screenshotting. We need to see these people. We need to go see these people. Yeah. So I've got a running list of like we got to run out of here and we'll be running all night going saying hi to people. Right. You feed off other people's energy though, man. For sure. That's like That's with cool. us and everything you do. All the guys at your camp, like we're all people we would hang out with. Like right. you constantly surround yourself with other energy. And you feed off of it. So, like, I get it. You go into the house, you're going to see everybody's reaction. You're like, bro, this is awesome. I'm it's not so too cool. big for life. I'm I'm nobody, but I want to. I if I can, if I can make someone's day, let's go do it. I am nobody. I'm a guy that punches people in the face. Well, <laughs> that's it. You know, so just good at I'm punching just, people in the face. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just. I put my jeans on the same. I'm just a regular old guy. Yeah, that's it. Man, you live that way too, dude. So. It's been a pleasure getting to know you thus far. Cool. We got a lot more crazy stuff there. We'll have to do. regroup after we uh, after the kids camp, after everything we're doing. 
When That's you, right. When, when the, the content S- doesn't stop with just what we talked about here. Yeah, when the S3 boys, I'm like, hey, man, you think I could maybe get another shot on that podcast? Like, you, mm-hmm. guys, you guys remember me? Like, <laughs> 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 no, nah, bro, you just reaching out, bringing us up with you, dude. That's right. just how you roll, That's man. It. Let's do it together. You Hell know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I've said since, since the beginning, dude, you don't have to look in front of you. You don't have to look behind you. You look beside you because that's where we're going to be. Right. Shoulder to shoulder with you. Kicking doors down. Kicking doors down. But for tonight, tonight, we're just going to crash some UFC parties. Oh, man, it's going to be action-packed. Because that's that's not where the fun ends there. No. Mm -mm, We're going downtown Shreveport. We're going tag (laughs) team five on five WWE. Somebody's (laughs) catching a power bomb tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. all right. Hell yeah. Dude, pull your locks off your doors, all right? (laughs) Because if you don't, they're getting tore off the hinges. Hey, Dustin, go ahead and lock that door. Oh, man. You better hope you don't hear that old click, click. Uh, Is that a a master lock commercial? (laughs) (laughs) Donald Cerrone tested and approved. So that's it for this episode of podcast. We're super pumped to have Cowboy Cerrone on here with us, man, taking time with us, dude. We've done some crazy things just in the past couple of weeks, and it's going to get crazier from here so if you want to check out the podcast you can go listen on spotify apple play youtube donald's channel go follow donald go check out all of his apparel go check out the bmf ranch let us know if you want to be involved with the kids camp that he is funding by himself any little bit can help even if you want to come volunteer so that's it for us tonight we're gonna go tear some stuff up lock some doors kick some doors if y'all don't like and subscribe, we're coming to lock your doors. <laughs> <laughs> Help scare money, don't make money.